It's Friday Feedback Friday, the feedbackiest day of the week. God, it's Feedback Friday, and if you think I look tired, you'd be right. I'm tired. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, the comments were. I mean, the two women talking stuff. A lot of great discussion was generated by that, and I, I'm really happy. Um, I'm just sort of gonna leave them where they are because people have a right to their opinions. But, uh, on, and, and the men in empathy video, um, the comments were humbling in, in how high quality they were. So, so thank you for that. I'm going to touch on, I don't remember what video it was, but it was a leave kids alone type. And I'm going to talk about the whole thing about kids and content and, what it, that whole thing based on the stuff. Cause, cause if y'all think that this is new, it's not the exact same arguments were made against those of us who were big into HIV AIDS prevention, uh, back in the day, um, in, in, you know, the nineties and, and, you know, I, I wasn't, that's when I started, but some people were doing it even earlier. Um, when we knew it was a disease transmitted by sex and it was decimating gay male populations and we had to figure out what the fuck to do with it. And, and, and so many people thought that doing nothing was the best because you're sexualizing children. No shit. That's what they claimed about trying to educate children on things like like minors. Uh, children gets applied to everybody under the age of 18. And adolescence is a thing. So, you know, trying to teach a 13-year-old about condom use got you accused of sexualizing children. The argument being, if you teach kids that sex exists, they'll want to have sex. It's not true, but there's more. Uh, so if you like this sort of content, because I'm sure people are going to get pissed because they don't like facts, because the facts are inconvenient and get in the way their feels, help support this channel, become a monthly patron, patreon.com slash Leanna K, or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it, coffee.com slash Leanna K. Now, child abuse is a tender thing. I get that. My concern is that bad faith actors are using the fact that people tend to go bananagrams when the idea of abusing a kid is, is brought up to make them do things against their own self-interest. Um, statistics, one in three girls, one in four boys will be sexually harassed or assaulted by the time they're 18. Yes, one in four boys, including one in three girls. And... What we got into back in the day and what's going on now is that in order to give kids the tools they need to not just know what's happening to them to prevent the worst from happening, but also to have language to talk about it in a way that's clear, you have to get to them before the predators do. And, you know, in a lot of cases, 
girls start getting abused the minute the predator knows they've had their first period. And girls, it's not unusual for girls to get their first period at nine years old, sometimes as young as eight. Now, that was the original purpose of puberty blockers for anyone that's interested, that idea of, you know, offsetting puberty until a more normal age because um, it, it apparently stunts growth if kids at puberty too early. Now, there's been a lot of theories about why puberty is happen happening earlier and earlier and earlier. Everything from hormones and meat to better nutrition. I'm not an expert enough to know which theories are correct. I tend to lean more towards better nutrition, but there you have it. The important thing for people like me is you got to get to people before the bad people do, which means, yes, starting basic awareness of things at the age of eight. And this is the thing that has had people flipping out back in the 90s, flipping out when Doug Ford got elected, and now they're flipping out now over gay and trans people. But the cold hard facts of the reality have not changed. Is it comfortable to have to develop material about this stuff for eight-year-olds? No, it it's ugh, because it's just sickening that there are people in the world who do this and we have to do this because it's all we can do. We can't reach into people's minds, figure out who the bad people are. Um, but one of the things you have to do with kids is make them aware of what constitutes sexual behavior. And you don't have to use those words, but one of the things that predators do to, you know, younger pre-adolescent or, or tweens is because Kids don't know what this stuff is. They say, oh, we're just wrestling or we're just cuddling or it's a game. And so kids are engaging in behavior. They don't know what it means and they find out after the fact and it completely messes them up. And again, I hate that we live in a world where we have to say, if somebody asks you to do that, like you don't have to because it's not, it's not just wrestling. You know, it's not cuddling. It's not just tickling. Um... This is dark stuff, right? But this is not sexualizing children. There's no evidence that making children aware in, in a very bare bones, like Sue Johansson style way, this is how it works. There is no, no evidence that it makes kids want to go out and have sex. That is hormones, you know? If the Republican, you know, the conservative way in the U.S. worked, Lauren Boebert wouldn't be a grandmother at 36, right? The hormones start kicking in at 13. You need to get the information in people's heads so they know what's happening to them. 
That is not sexualizing children. More on that in a bit. The issue I'm having with this whole leave kids alone thing is not certain books that have gotten people freak out like this book is gay. Um, that I, I have not been able to get a copy. I have not been able to personally get my hands on a copy of that book. Um, what I do know is what is considered appropriate conversation at different ages varies by culture. That book is from the UK. It's not my place to say not being in the US, whether it's considered appropriate for uh, US audiences, for lack of a better term. I know that when manga was new, there were age ratings on the books, but they weren't reliable by Canadian standards because the Japanese see um, sexual situations as appropriate for a younger age, whereas certain kinds of violence, especially involving guns, are, are considered less appropriate than... You know, PG-13 movies where, you know, it, 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 you know, automatic weapons, that's considered fine for a 10-year-old. But, you know, Spider-Man movies where people are getting beaten bloody, that's considered okay for 10-year-olds. But anatomically accurate drawings, apparently not. Anthropology brain, culture's got to sort that out for themselves. That's not my issue. My issue is the knee-jerk reactions from stuff taken out of context, driving decisions that are legislated by the federal or state government. Individual educators need the ability to work on a case-by-case basis. Why? It's real simple. And anybody misrepresents my position here, I consider it bad faith. Because I just said, it's not up to me to make these decisions for individual regions. My concern is when it's state legislated or federally legislated, the structures being put in place can be used by people you don't agree with when they get into power. And I find it very interesting that the people who are like, stop putting it in our faces, stop forcing it on us, are forcing their morality on entire states, school boards. This race to the bottom of trying to standardize the experience, I think, is very, very bad. Educators train precisely because every child's needs are different and a book being in a library is not the same as a book being in a classroom and the reality of a book being in the library is that there's gonna have to be books that are appropriate for well I mean some schools go up to the eighth grade so that's like 13 year olds. And this is the problem with the way the school is structured, right? These schools are so big. What's appropriate for a 13 year old is 
not the same as what's appropriate for a six-year-old. And there's no laser beams or maglocks keeping the six-year-old out of the 12-year-old's books. For some odd reason, every previous generation managed to survive that. And all of a sudden, it's being treated as an existential threat. That's one point. Let's talk about sexualizing children, okay? Sexualizing children isn't an awareness that adults do things that kids don't. Allowing childhood to not be artificially cut short is very, very important to me. And part of the reason it's very important to me is that I worked in music programming during the Britney Spears era. And the programmers knew that 12 and 13 year olds were watching this stuff. And it was the belief at the time that 12 and 13 year olds didn't want to watch things that were appropriate for 12 and 13 year olds. No, they wanted stuff for the 16 and 17 year olds because it was aspirational. That's what they called it. And so, you know, 12 and 13 year olds were absorbing Britney Spears in a schoolgirl's outfit singing hit well with the the shirt tied up here midlift you know visible bra singing hit me baby one more time and it was my job as a producer to figure out how to contextualize this content because we couldn't ban it and so we had to call it out and retroactively it's like oh this is this is what drove britney spears into her you know poor mental state no i said no 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 what was done to britney spears by that image was what did it people who were critical of that image of that branding had to say you know, you don't have to do this. There are other ways to get people to like you. You know, this is not the way to be popular. Just think for yourself. You know? That, because Britney was only 15 when she started that. And I mean, there was Christina Aguilera and some of the others, but nothing quite fetishized, sexualized minor like that schoolgirl shit. And does a 12-year-old know what message that's sending? No. Uh, you know, a 10-year-old certainly doesn't. It's that's pretty. That's what people want. I'm going to emulate it, not understanding the messages they're sending. And trying to insulate kids so they didn't feel pressure to be that. <sighs> that was not a fun time to be a content producer in the youth space. And that's retroactively been demonized. Oh, leave Britney alone. No one who actually cared about the well-being of teenagers should have marketed a teenage girl like that. It wasn't right. And at least I knew it wasn't right at the time. Now that doesn't mean you can't 
I mean, Christina Aguilera's genie in a bottle was fairly suggestive. You know, you got to rub me the right way. 15, 16 year olds know what sex is. You want them if they choose to engage and you've got to make this, this is the thing in order to make one choice valid, you have to make all safe choices valid. So in order to empower kids to say, I'm not interested in this or I'm not emotionally, psychologically ready, you have to do well, if you do feel ready, Here's going to do it safely because you can't, the minute you put moral weight behind one choice or another, you get the kids who feel pressured and then you get the kids who do dangerous things to rebel. And that's not good. The, that, that pushes that kid into a more vulnerable place. We still, I mean, you can argue that shows like Game of Thrones, um, Kids don't watch that, so it's better. But what shows like Game of Thrones do, you know, horse trading Sansa Stark's virginity when even though they used an older actress, they talk about the fact that they're waiting for her to have her first period. She's 13 in the books. That's why they're waiting around TikTok. House of the Dragon actually has child marriage that looks like a child. Kids aren't seeing that, but it does make it seem like the... the it, it is somewhat normalizing inappropriate relationships. Like, oh yes, it's not, it's not great, but it, like, nudge wink, it's titillating. There's, there's reasons those lines weren't crossed before. But they kind of were, weren't they? I remember being down in Chicago for a Comic-Con. And there was a children's beauty pageant taking place at the same hotel that was one of the convention hotels. And I was in a, an elevator uh, dressed as Poison Ivy. Um... And there were two big, you know, the luggage carts with all the costumes and the headshots of, you know, soft focus girl with all the curls, misty in cursive script, you know, headshots of the girls wearing obvious makeup. And and I looked around and I went, yeah, I'm big for my age. The glares I got is like, what? If you don't see anything wrong with what's going on, what you're doing to your child, why are you looking at me like I'm some sort of skank ho when we're wearing very similar clothes here? Shouldn't that wake you up? No, nope. Those children's beauty pageants. There were kids twerking in those fucking things when they were like seven years old. That was a big problem in competitive dance, age-appropriate choreography. Because no one could agree what age-appropriate choreography was. You know, our hip shimmies, our swivels, our... It got out of control. 
normalizing corrective cosmetic surgery on teens, meaning boob jobs and nose jobs before they've fully grown into their features. You know, the Britney Spears' manager used to brag that he paid for her boob job. Um, you know, there was a period of eight-year-olds dressing like the Spice Girls. We have the whole libidinous boy band phenomenon. And while the boy band crushes are a little bit different, you know, people did have some issues with how thirsty the main character in Turning Red was. But that, that was a pair of fairly accurate depiction of 13, 14 year old girls. And people don't want to accept that. And when you are accurately depicting reality, that's not sexualizing children. You get what I'm saying? These things are not all created equal. And do I think I'm 100% right here? No. Like I said, I don't make these decisions. All I know is I've seen so many of these things go bad. I mean, when eight-year-olds were dressing up like the Spice Girls, a lot of us were like, they don't know, they don't understand the messages they're sending is this a problem? And every parent has to decide for themselves what they want their kids reading, what they want their kids wearing, what they want their kids watching. That is a parent's right. You have the right to decide what your children are, are, are accessing in, you know, optional stuff, like what library books they check out, what they watch at home. Everybody has that right. You do not have the right to dictate that for other people and their families. Because again, the argument is they're coming for the children. The gays are corrupting our youth. It's gender ideology. Well, they're not the ones legislating this stuff. And if we set precedence that the state gets to determine what people consume. Everybody gets to do that. Those crazy liberals, if they get in power, oh, they get, they get to do everything the conservatives are doing now. And I don't want that. I want more individual choice because we already have existing structures that deal with abuse, deal with teachers who behave badly, deal with people who are inappropriate. They suck. And I'd rather more focus be paid on schools not properly handling bullying, for instance. I'd, I'd rather more direct focus be paid on the apathy in schools towards direct intervention. That's not happening. So this isn't about child welfare. This is about enforcing your comfort on other people. There is no right to never be uncomfortable. There is no right to be like, I'm not sure. You know, I'm really glad Who Framed Roger Rabbit exists because I saw that movie, I was like 10. And like, I got what was kind of going on with Jessica Rabbit. Just by the way adults reacted to her. But 
obviously I didn't get all of the double entendres or what I, I engaged with it at my level. And if Jessica Rabbit did not warp my brain, then, you know, there's, um, people are screaming, think of the children when it's not about the children. It's about their personal discomfort with things that are different. And there is a big difference between curiosity about sex and an actual sex drive. One is sort of a cultural thing. And the more taboo you make it, the more that curiosity is going to be, what is this thing? The best way to make a kid not rush into something as a sort of, this is a fast track to being a grown-up, is to demystify it. Not make it seem like a taboo thing. The other problem is as young as eight or nine, sometimes as young as seven, kids are getting misinformation about sex from their peers. Yes, there are cases of web pornography being distributed that young and you like I said there needs to be direct interventions 12 year olds should not be taking life advice from Andrew Tate and if you're going well somebody's grooming kids that way yes sometimes other times Kids are just seeing what their older brothers, usually older brothers, but older sisters as well, are consuming. They think this is big, sophisticated, older kid stuff. They emulate without understanding. But even, I mean, I remember it used to be people left out Playboys. And you didn't know what it was. It's just, what is this thing? Um, like, you knew what it was. You knew it was a naked body, but you didn't know the whole context, right? Should kids be exposed to this stuff that young? No. Are they? Yes, we have to deal with reality. And the one thing I notice about all the, my kid became a follower of Andrew Tate. This is awful. What's with the world? Is when the kids started quoting him, the parents didn't take an interest and find out what it was. There is no substitute for personal attention. And the thing I don't like about these current guilt campaigns, the current shame campaigns, the if you disagree with me, you abuse children or you're apologetic for abusing children or you're good with the abuse of children. It's perpetuating irresponsibility. The message that should be out there is pay attention to your kids' interests. Answer their questions, even if it's something as simple as, I don't know how to explain that. Let me check and talk to somebody who can advise you. You know, because you look at some of the ages of some of the women in religious texts, they're pretty young. I don't want to upset anybody by calling stuff out, but you know, there's child marriage in religious texts. And kids get to a certain age, they realize they've been lied to or it's been glossed over and it damages trust. So all these guilt trips 
aren't helping. We know what works. We've known what's worked since the culture war over health education and sex education started. For some odd reason, people think that you can just hide kids away from the world and it will be okay. We know abstinence-only sex ed doesn't work. We know that not giving kids answers to their questions doesn't work. Kids are curious. If they can't get an answer from you, they're going to go to someone else. And that's why it's very important not to muzzle teachers regarding having frank conversations. You can't have a rat squad to parents every time a kid asks a question in school. Because then kids aren't going to ask the teachers. They're going to ask their moron friends. And, you know, that's besides the fact that 33, 34% of children are abused by a family member. And so them saying something at school requiring a mandatory call home in 34% of the abuse cases, you're pushing the kid back towards their abuser. You cannot in good conscience, force a teacher to do that just because it's a one in three chance. Like, that's mind-bogglingly high. The facts on this aren't fun. They're yucky. They're uncomfortable. But they are the facts. And ignoring them and flinging shit at each other isn't going to solve the very serious problem of too many kids are getting hurt by predators. The thing we know works is encouraging open communication without coming down like a ton of bricks on a kid. You want the kid to tell you things. And if they're, if you're coming down on them and hating their video games and hating their comic books and hating their TV shows and the music. They, if everything they do is bad, they're not going to tell you, which is why I have always been, nope, don't game shame. Don't shame people for their video games. That Nope, nope, nope. You want them to talk to you. So support their interests. And that's not just parents because they may not be comfortable talking to a parent. Most kids, even with supportive parents, the parents are the last person they tell because they, the rejection from a parent will hurt more than rejection from a teacher or some other adult. So they practice on other adults and adults with proper training can help them approach their parents and, and prepare them and, and, and make it easier for everybody, the parents included, that is not hiding something from the parents. That's just giving the process time to work. And all this is common sense. And I am sure people are going to straw man what I said. And again, you straw man what I say, you do the knee jerk. You are fine with abusing kids. Leave kids alone. You're a pervert. That's bad faith. Because if you go back and watch this video, I've shown real concern for the problem, real interest in doing what works to reduce the problem. And the real problem getting in the way of that is adults walking around feeling shameful about sex and projecting that onto their kids. And there is no quick fix for that that comes from so many sources.
and I'm out of time. So hope you enjoyed this. If it made you angry, I don't fucking care. Fact check anything I've said in this video, unless you're going to partisan conservative sources, it will back me up. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron, patreon.com slash Leanna K or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it, coffee.com slash Leanna K. Thanks for watching and have a great weekend.